Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone. This is Deborah. Welcome to ACB Home, Garden, and Agriculture, where we talk about living sustainably, keeping animals, or growing plants. And uh, we have a really great guest today. Her name is Mary, and she will be talking with us about sprouting and microgreens. After I ask her some questions and we chat for a bit, we will be taking your calls. So um, please wait until we say uh, we are taking calls. That's when you can uh, raise your hand. Uh, We have Sheila here who is very kindly handling all the technical stuff for us. And um, I I just want to very quickly let people know that this call happens once a month, usually the second Saturday of each month. And we uh, usually have a guest. Uh, Next month, we are going to have a guest who will talk to us about goats. And, and uh, she's fascinating. Uh, I've had the privilege to get to talk to her a little bit. Uh, we have some great talent in our community. And I really appreciate the people who have contacted me, who have been willing to be a guest on these calls. And um, please keep those contacts coming. You can be really creative about what it means to fit into these calls. So please feel free to contact me at acb.home.garden.agriculture at gmail.com if you would like to join a future call. So without further ado, I want to introduce Mary. Mary, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. Um, I've been, I'm I'm actually not haven't been doing these sprouts and microgreens for all that long, but it's really been a tremendous amount of fun. So I can't wait to share it. Well, it's a great topic for those of us who are experiencing a cold winter. I I know this goes out to many different parts of the world. So some people uh, might be experiencing a a lovely summer day today, but um, I happen to be where it's quite cold and nasty and thinking about growing inside right now, is very, very tempting. So thank you. Um, So if you could start by just tell us, what are sprouts and microgreens? Well, they're kind of closely related, actually. Sprouts are pretty much like tiny baby plants. Um, A lot of people have probably had some experience with uh, mung bean sprouts. If you go to like a, um, I guess, Vietnamese restaurant, you get a whole big pile of them with your soup. Um, or you might get alfalfa sprouts on a sandwich, Um, but they're little baby plants. You grow them indoors. You don't really want to grow them outdoors, especially if you got a lot of sun because they could burn. Um, You eat the entire thing, um, and you don't use a medium for growing sprouts. So um, it's pretty much water and tender loving care. And Maybe a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of fertilizer, but that's completely optional. I never do it. So that's what sprouts okay. are. They're the whole baby plant. Yeah, and uh, I imagine many people are like I am. We're kind of familiar with sprouts, but microgreens, that's 
kind of a new term to me. Tell me a bit more about those. Microgreens are a little bit further along plants. So I wouldn't really call them a teen or tween plant. It's sort of like a toddler plant. Um, usually some kind of green leafy vegetable. That's um, Sprouts don't have to be green leafy vegetables. There's a whole bunch of different kinds of sprouts, but microgreens, um, some kinds of lettuces, uh, definitely stuff like broccoli, kale, uh, you know, the cabbage family of stuff. Um, they are grown in a medium, whether it's soil or some kind of a, high, uh, what do you call it, hydroponic type of medium um, in trays. Um, with sprouts, you rinse them two or three times a day, usually like under the sink or a hose or something, uh, usually the sink. Microgreens, you're going to grow in a tray or a container that is inside of another one that, you know, to hold water so that they can, the water can seep up. They get maybe three, I don't know, somewhere between an inch and, and four or five inches, depending on how tall you want to grow them. Usually kind of spindly. It's not really like eating lettuce so much as it's like, if you imagine what a field of clover sort of feels like, they feel like that. So they're, they're, you know, kind of thin and spindly and there's a whole bunch of them growing together like, like grass or clover is. Um, okay. So you get more of a stem and some actual leaves. Yeah. And you're going to cut them off at the, uh, you know, close to the, the medium, especially if it's dirt, you certainly don't want it. You don't eat the root, the root, um, and sometimes there's issues with the seed pods, but we're we're not going there today, right? Well, maybe we are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll start with the easy version. Okay. Yeah. And you, how tall are they when you usually harvest them? Um, it really, with microgreens, it's very much a matter of taste. Really with sprouts, too. Either one of them, you're going to grow them until you like the taste and the texture. Um, that's really important. My husband seems to like growing the microgreens for a little bit longer than I do, um, but they're going to be over an inch tall. Microgreens can take anywhere from like four days to three weeks, depending on what it is. Well, I wouldn't say four days. They're really not done then. Usually maybe a week, a week to three weeks, depending on what they are. And then I'd say... Uh, I probably haven't harvested anything under two and a half, three inches, but sometimes they get taller than that. Once they start getting five, six inches tall, depending on the kind of plant that it is, though, they're going to start getting kind of kind of woody sort of and, and where you're going to have trouble chewing them. So okay. um, that's why you want to try them, if, you know, and 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 kind taste. of experiment. And, yeah. When yeah. it starts to get to where you feel like you're chewing a cud. You better harvest them now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Unless you have some goats or cats. Yeah, unless you have some goats. Do. And I'm sure your goats would absolutely <laughs> love them. <laughs> so um, how did you get interested in doing this? I um, heard about it, uh, something, you know, some saw something from a friend on an email list that no longer exists. And she had um, was growing them and had talked to a certain you know, vendor of the seeds who had been really nice to her. So I went to this lady's website and uh, saw, oh my God, you can sprout garlic, you know, so it wasn't just alfalfa sprouts and, and beans. And um, there's just so many different kinds. I thought I got to do this. And I also wanted to, I haven't always had the healthiest eating habits of everyone on the planet. And 
Um, I know that the way I'm eating is not good for the environment and it's not good for me. So I thought if I can have fun, then maybe I will be able to improve my diet. Um, so I went looking, I bought a, uh, I bought some kind of a tray sprouter, but you, you can use a jar, um, a big uh, glass jar. Um, they have them on Amazon special for sprouts. Um, I think I bought a jar with uh, a screen lid, um, a metal screen lid. You can use um, a rubber band and some kind of mesh like cheesecloth, but the metal ones are, if you can spend just a little bit of money, um, they make your life easier. I also bought a thing called the Easy Sprout Sprouter, which is a, it is plastic, but it's kind of a modified jar, jar sprouter that's just easier to use than a plain old regular jar. Um, so I bought that and I bought trays too. So there's a lot of different ways that you can grow sprouts. There's like, I can think of four different ways to grow sprouts. Depending just the on, sprouts alone. Just the sprouts wow. alone. There's not as many different ways okay. to grow microgreen. Well, there's not as many containers for them, but you can use different kinds of mediums for microgreens. Okay. So, like so with, um, you, you mentioned that you you started this to kind of improve your healthy eating habits. So tell me a little bit about some of the benefits of doing that and and did it work did you improve your eating habits it's it's off and on but i think overall it's better as far as improving my eating habits um they sprouts are just powerhouses of nutrients all kinds of antioxidants and and things like that all kinds of uh, minerals because you're you the thing is just germinated it's still got all of the nutrients that are going to grow into that great big plant you know so it's it's they're just wonderful. Microgreens are also maybe not as nutritionally dense quite as the sprouts are, but they have the advantage of having, um, well, some sprouts don't have any chlorophyll at all because they're not leaves, but other ones, they're just not going to have as much. So you're going to grow the last uh, several days of your microgreens. They're going to be in some kind of light. Um, so there's a lot of nutrition Um I'm kind of glad too that my husband has gotten into growing microgreens too. So that's actually gotten more greens down him. Uh, that's always a good thing. What do you remember. use them in? I'm sorry. We've what do you having, use them in? We've been having them. Um, well, with sprouts or microgreens, you can just eat them um, if you like the taste. If you're used to raw vegetables, then you might like the taste by themselves. You can put them on sandwiches. Either one. Um, you can put on sandwiches um, with microgreens too. You can harvest them over several days and just flip off what you want and, and eat it. Um, you can make them, put them on a salad with other things or just make a salad with them. If you don't particularly like the taste, if they taste kind of bitter to you, which they sometimes do to me, you can always use some salad dressing, you know, make a vinaigrette or even buy some dressing. Um, there are also one of the websites that I've bought things from has, besides having really extensive information about how to sprout and how to microgreen, they also have a lot of recipes. The grain sprouts, if you do grain sprouts, um, you can make like a, you know, morning oatmeal type of stuff with them where you, you have them in with uh, milk or yogurt or, you know, plant milk and fruit. Um, the, the bean sprouts and the leafy sprouts go really well together in a salad. Sometimes you can use them in a, a stir fry. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways. 
that you can eat sprouts. But a lot of the people, once they've been doing sprouting for a long time, they'll use this, they sometimes just grab a whole handful of them, you know, just chomp, chomp, chomp. Um, I'm not to that. Snack on of, them. Yeah, I'm not to the point of the uh, cup of, you know, the ideal is probably about a cup of the leafy greens every day. And I'm not there yet, but I'm, uh, that's kind of my goal is to get to where I eat a cup of leafy greens a day and then some of some other kind of, you know, beans or um, beans or grains or something like that along with it. But I haven't okay, quite gotten that, there yet, but that's my goal. That kind of leads into, you've kind of talked about some of the different things you sprout. Do you, can you elaborate a bit more about what you, what can be sprouted and what can be grown as microgreens? The sprouts, um, there's like about four, four or five different kinds of sprouts. There's leafy sprouts, which can include, and it includes the whole brassica family. I don't know if any of you are gardeners and you know about cabbage and broccoli and kale and uh, mustard and all those that are not exactly the same as leafy sprouts like um, alfalfa and uh, clover, but you pretty much grow them the same way. And they take like five to seven days um, you can do those in a jar. They, you might be aware, want to be aware that that in a jar or an easy sprout sprouter, they kind of grow into a tangled mess. And um, you soak these um, for eight to 12 hours, rinse them very thoroughly, and then you put them in whatever kind of sprouter they're going to be. And then in the sprouter, you rinse them every eight to 12 hours then also. And um, they have to drain. Uh, so you have to make sure that there's no standing water on them. Um, that's why I don't use a regular jar sprouter because I just didn't figure out a way to have my uh, mason jar stand up without tumping it over um, in my kitchen and dropping it on the floor or something. So uh, that's why I don't do that. But you actually can buy stands for that or use an easy sprout, which takes care of the problem for you. Um, anyway, you do Can you them. describe what it easy sprout looks like you've kind of two, mentioned it a few times it looks like two plastic cups one of them is flat you know just a plain flat cup on the bottom and the other you know with a bottom and the other one has slits and it fits inside and you can you can situate it in there to where it's about a quarter of an inch up off of the bottom of the regular cup and then there's pieces that you can cover it with um and it um uh, when i uh, and then there's pieces that go on the top of it. There's a thing that you can use as a cup measure that you can also use as a lid. And what I do with that is I take the bottom cup out and bam, 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 you know, rinse it out and then just, you know, like hit it on the side of the sink a bunch of times and make sure that all the water is gone. So it just takes some of the hassle out of a jar, but then um, the only downside is it's plastic. Um, so it takes up very little room and you can do your leafy sprouts in there. Like what I was just talking about, by the way, with your leafy ones, you want to un uncover them. They're ready. They say five to seven days. I like them on about day four, uh, leafy sprouts. Um, and you want to uncover them for at least a few hours, put them under some kind of a light. They're not that fussy. It doesn't have to be sunlight. You don't want it to be intense sunlight, just light so that they can green up, um, you can also grow them in some kind of a tray that you run under the sink um, where the water runs out, you know, of holes, lots of little holes, but it's not like a regular gardening tray. They're special sprouting trays because they got a lot more holes in the bottom or a lot 
you know, more places for the water to run out. Um, so that's leafy sprouts. Bean sprouts, you can grow in a uh, jar sprouter also, like mung beans or um, garbanzo beans make good sprouts. French lentils are just lovely little sprouts. They're very mild and, and really nice. Um, you do the same thing, rinse, uh, soak them for eight to 12 hours, and then, you know, pour out the water and rinse them every eight to 12 hours um, in your um, uh, jar or tray. And um, they're done in two, about two days, really. Um, I sometimes uh, soak them and then put them through one uh, rinse and drain cycle and then get them like after 12 hours. I, I like my sprouts I think that sometimes, sometimes to me, sprouts get a little bitter if you go longer than as long as they say. Um, you can do grain sprouts. Um, you probably want to grow to buy any of these from a sprouting seed company rather than a, um, um, you know, just getting them off of the store shelf. Some of the grains won't sprout at all if you just pick some up because some, like especially like brown rice it's probably processed in a way that it's not going to germinate. Uh, but anyway, you can grow, they have oat sprouts that you can grow buckwheat um, without the hulls on it. A lot of different wheats and things like that, that are, that don't have the hull. You have to use a different one if you're going to do grass, which I'm not into. Um, anyway, you grow those, um, soak them again, just like you do all of almost all the other ones and grow them through one or two of those same kind of rinse cycles where you rinse it in the sink thoroughly and then drain it thoroughly. And they really, they just get little tails on them. And that's what most of the beans do too. They just going to get a little tail. You can do some kinds of nuts, but they're really just a soak. Um, you just soak them for a few hours and then uh, drain them off and they're done. Um, there's also some seeds that are, I'm trying to remember how to pronounce this word, mucilaginous. Anyway, they are, um, they form a slimy sack around them. So you cannot soak those. Those are things like, um, oh, what's that stuff called? Flax, um, cress, and arugula uh, are uh, ones that you can sprout them in um, some kinds of trays, but you can't really soak those kinds of seeds. Oh, I forgot to say one of the um, kind of more expensive and, and kind of enjoyable ways to grow sprouts and some kinds of microgreens are they have terracotta sprouting trays that you can get that have little bitty holes in them. They're unglazed so that they can actually kind of grab onto the terracotta and they, uh, the uh, I mean, they come off, but because that stuff is porous, you don't really have to have... Um, um, well, it's it's really good for the um, the slimy ones, but anyway, those you don't rinse. You just you know get them wet and put them on on your um, tray, and you rinse them. I haven't grown any so of those. So it's really it's really important to to do a little research. You do have to do uh, on, a little bit seat. of research. Yeah, it's not overwhelming, mm -hmm. but there are several kinds. There's a lot of resources out there, but those are really the main kinds. And there's some kinds of plants that there's some that are idiosyncratic and they just want to be contrary and, and they have different characteristics, but most of them you can just, you know, rinse and drain and eat them when you like them. And I, I imagine that um, 
growing under sanitary conditions is really important too. Yeah. I have heard of salmonella outbreaks and sprout commercial sprouts. Yes, I am not a germaphobe, uh, a germaphobe normally, but it's really important. You need to get your seeds from someplace that's reputable, um, organic, and and clean, <laughs> and wash your hands anytime you're going to handle them. Make sure that your equipment is clean, that your sprouter, whatever you're sprouting them in or microgreening in needs to be clean. Um, and uh, yeah, you just wash those hands. It's really important. If you're going to do anything commercial, then you the FDA requires you to soak them in. I'm pretty sure that the solution for the bleach, <laughs> just kills me to think of it, is like 10 to 1, 10 water to 1 bleach, something like that. I always have to find it and look it up if I'm going to do that, but I, I don't do the bleach thing. If you were going to try to just like sprout a bunch of garbanzo, dry garbanzos that you got in a bag, I would, I, if I was going to do that or sprout some of my lentils or something, don't try to do split peas because they're, they're processed out of sprouthood. But um, if I was going to do that, I would definitely soak. But um, if you buy from a good place, you may not have to, unless you're going to be doing it as part of a business, then you do have to, because the FDA says you have to. So with the seed too, um, some seeds could be treated. So you don't want to just use your garden seed either. It's important to be careful. Okay. They can't be treated. So, so um, could, you you gave us a, a good description of sprouting and it sounds like there are several different options for how to sprout. What about um, a little more on growing microgreens? Uh, you're using a medium, so right. I, I'm just curious about how you keep uh, that sanitary and also um, what kind of lighting do you need for microgreens? Well, so far... Um my husband's done more micro reading than I have, but I've done some too. He likes to use soil and no, it's not going to be as, as I don't know whether it's really as fussy. It's, it's um, right now we're kind of using some garden soil, but I definitely would not recommend using garden soil. I know there's issues too with some kinds of soil, even if they're organic and have things from like farm runoff that you don't want to, you know, but um, one book I was reading about last night, you know, to get ready for this, it was saying that um, potting soil, you know, or organic, you know, to get potting soil or seedling soil, or maybe to mix potting and seedling soil. Um, we haven't been doing that, We, but, but we're going to after this stuff is gone. Um, we, both of us use just ordinary gardening trays, you know, those ones where you can get 10 by 20s, 10 by 10s. Um, you need one that doesn't have holes to catch your drip. You need one that does have holes. And then what we usually do is is for the first couple of days while they germinate, cover it with a third tray that usually one that has holes because that's what there's more of because um, you can buy them in sets. Um, he, you wet your soil or your medium, and I'll talk about the mediums and other mediums in just a minute, but you get it wet, not sopping. You don't want any standing water, but you do want it thoroughly wet. It's probably really better if you if you're using soil to wet it in a uh, bucket and then put it in the tray. We've been lazy; we haven't done that, and they still grow fine. <laughs> but if you might want, you know, if you want to be more proper about it, that's probably what you really should do: is mix it in a bucket and then put it in the um, in the tray. And then you put the seeds on it. You know, 
sprinkle them, you know, sort of close. Um, it's not going to be the end of the world if you get them too close or too far apart. It's just not. And, um, you know, so as both being blind, um, actually both of the places that I have bought seeds from and read, they both say they have a, had a habit of overplanting them. Um, you just learn. You do it by experience. You put them, the, the lid on your, uh, you know, for the first couple of days and you just check to make sure that it's still wet. And while they're still germinating, you can water from above, like with a, a, a sprayer, um, you know, a little spray of water. You don't want anything that's going to spray really hard. So something that makes a fine mist. Um, you know, I just bought some cheap 10 ounce uh, spray bottles from Amazon or something. But once they start to germinate, you either need to water like from the side or water from underneath. Um, you can still spritz a little on the top, but you just need to be careful doing it so that you don't damage those tiny little plants. Um, and um, then you uncover them. Now we, he, my husband's rigged up some kind of a, you know, one of those, what do they call those long skinny lights? Um, I think it's a grow uh, light. A grow with, light? Yeah, uh-huh. but just a plain old regular grow light. It's not anything fancy. Um, mm-hmm. I know the sprouts don't really care. It can just be a plain old regular electric light. Um, I haven't tried to microgreen in a different area. Oh, yes, I did too. At one time I grew some, um, um, what do you call them, sunflower shoots in just in the regular kitchen. And all we have there is one of those regular, um, I guess it's an LED. It's not even a grow light. It did fine. Um, I didn't have any trouble with it. And we're just using regular water. Now, as far as um, other mediums go, there's a lot of people like to use coconut coir. Um, I've never worked with it. The Sprout Lady Rita that I sometimes buy from says that it's messy. The other place that I buy from, they really love that stuff. Um, it's like ground up, I guess it's coconut shell or something, or coconut, the fibrous stuff from coconut. Uh, not the shell, but the um, the hull part. part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what I've been using is I found these things called micro mats. They're made out of uh, wood pulp. What they feel like almost is like if you had a really, really, really super thick paper towel or set of paper towels. Um, and what I do is I put I put those on the tray and spray it down. I've done it with water from the tap, but I've got to be really, really careful doing that because I don't want any water sitting in there. So I'd rather just spray out a whole 10 ounce thing of water, then I'm I'm learning to be able to pour the water, but it's, you know, I was really kind of afraid of it. So you have to put those on the tray first. And I like those because you can buy um, hemp felt or um, what's that other stuff called? Jute. Uh, The jute ones, I think you have to soak in water for a while and then kind of sort of wring it out. now, these mats or uh, pieces of felt or whatever, uh, by the way, those felt things and uh, jute things are way cheaper if you cut them yourself. But these micro mats are so easy to bend and work with that they come in 10 by 20 sheets. And even I, if, I have, if I'm doing a 10 by 10 instead of a 10 by 20 or, or a bunch of 5 by 5s, even I can cut them. It's, you know, it's like I'm, I'm one of those blind people that has... I'm about as spatially bad as they, as blind people come. And um, so it has to be really easy for me to do it. I've been it over a couple of times and then it it's, I can tell where the line is. 
So that's one of the reasons why I like those. Um, it was kind of expensive. I bought 50 of them and the, you cannot reuse your mediums. Um, I think there might be a couple of kinds that you can, but most of them you cannot. I think you might be able to redo the jute ones. We tried though, and it we used, my husband had a jute one and yeah, it said you could reuse it, but after two uses, it was pretty much worse for the wear. It really looked awful. It was all torn so up. It's, and, it's, yeah, I would, I would think it would be kind of a sanitation issue. Well, too, yeah, to and, I mean, yeah, of, yeah, sanitation plus it was, it was just torn up. The roots tore it up. Yeah. You know, it's, they, yeah. they grew through it. So I, I wasn't so, too crazy um, about that. So um, towards the end, I'm going to ask you a little bit about resources for people who are interested, but we're probably at the point where we should take some calls. Yeah. And uh, if anyone wants to call, if you have comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. Raise your hand. And Sheila, do you want to tell people what they need to do? Yes, ma'am. I would be glad to. If you're on a PC, to raise your hand is Alt-Y. If you're on a Mac, it is Option-Y. If you're on your iPhone, it is under More Options. And you tap that and open up and you'll see a raise hand. You double tap on that. And if you're on a landline, it is star nine. To unmute is Alt-A on the PC, Command-Shift-A on a Mac. On your iPhone, it's the bottom left corner. And on a landline, it is star six. All right. Do we have any hands up? No, ma'am, not yet. Okay. Yeah, so, um, so, Mary, could you tell us if... if where do you think is a good place to start? If somebody is just, you know, a little nervous about doing this and just wants to test it out, where's a good place to start? I think I would probably start with a, um, the cheapest thing to do, you know, where you really didn't have to invest that much money or anything into it would be to get a mason jar and figure out, oh, excuse me, I'm very sorry, some kind of a, um, way to have a mesh lid on the top of it. Either you could just buy one of those little sets of, of um, screens that you can get anywhere, including Amazon, or just, um, I think you can use um, sometimes there's might be kinds of fabric. I haven't ever actually done it that way and, and rubber banded on. Um, it has to be able to stay there um, or just go ahead and buy the little thing. Uh, but I think that on Amazon, the, the tray, the, um, those were like 15 bucks on Amazon, those, those um, jars with the lids. Um, the companies that I buy from, one of them is um, the Sprout Lady Rita is at um, sprouthouse.com. And she has um, a lot of little sample. You can buy sample sizes of the seeds so that you don't really have to invest a whole lot of money in it. Um, and you might want to start with buying like a little sample of alfalfa or, you know, something you're familiar with, or maybe something that you're really curious about, like um, um, uh, fenugreek or something. Um, it's really You a, mentioned a garlic. Thing. That, yeah. that was fascinating. That you Yeah, I wouldn't with start garlic. with garlic, though, because garlic takes a long time. Um, you might want to start with something easy. Or, you know, what I did was I bought, she had samples of a dozen um, sprouts, you know, a dozen different packages of, of, I can't remember how much they cost. Um, or, you know, cause some of the cheapest ones are the ones that, that you get the most often, but you know, if it's something that isn't normally grown for seeds, they cost 
more. So, you know, the more familiar ones usually cost less money. It's way cheaper than buying the sprouts at the grocery store. It's cheaper and more sanitary. Um, also, the, um, besides sprouthouse.com, you know, it's just the HTTPS. There's also um, sproutpeople.org. So, you know, it's HTTPS, you know, slash slash sproutpeople.org. Um, now, Sprout Lady Rita at Sprout House, it's just been just wonderful. She's been talks, talked to me um, directly. I've gotten a long, long chain of email from her. She's just been great. And we've kind of turned into friends. Sproutpeople.org has, they have tremendous amounts. They have um, information that's very readable, very accessible about every single kind of sprout. You know, if it's a repeat, if you want to know how to grow, oh, um, Oh, who knows what, uh, anything from the common ones, garbanzo to doing cilantro. By the way, I didn't, I didn't get my cilantro to grow very well. Uh, you can microgreen it, but it, mine didn't. Um, but anyway, they have stuff about every single sprout and they have tons of recipes. And by the way, they sell stuff too. Um, there's one in Canada called, um, let me look it up, um, sprouting.com. Um, unfortunately they haven't done gone to the HTTPS, so you might have trouble buying with them if you're using the, the Chrome, but anyway, um, sprouting.com is a Canadian site. And I think they were one of the first ones in the business. They're very well respected and they have, they have a few different kinds of sprouters too. And then true leaf market is a larger company. These other ones are family companies. So if you like to do business with family companies, um, trueleafmarket.com is a very large supplier of garden stuff. And they do have like, might be a good place to go if you need to get mediums for microgreens. But I think I would just start with um, just a tray sprouter and, um, you know, look up, buy, buy some, you know, some small things of seeds and um, start with a tray sprouter. I mean, not a tray sprouter, I'm sorry, a, a jar sprouter. Um, that's the cheapest way to do it. And if you don't like them, then, you know, you're not yourself. out much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not out Deborah, you, Deborah, you have a hand raised. Okay, so we'll take that call. Marge, you may unmute. Hi, Marge. Hello, Marge. We'll give you a minute. I know how it is to try to unmute. Take okay. me a bit of time. Okay, I should be unmuted now. You are. Uh -huh. Okay, you thank are. you. Thanks, thanks. Welcome. Thank you. I um, just had a, a bit of a recommendation I believe it's uh, it was Sprout People that I bought um, screens from back a number of years ago, and they did have a lot of information about the different um, options for sprouting. And um, to explain just a little more about the screens with the jar option, this is a wide mouth mason jar that you're using, canning jar, so you might have one on hand already that would be the correct size. and what I bought from them, um, and it was pretty affordable to go this route just to, to try it out, was um, three different screens. It, it was a... Um, oh, yeah. Uh, they, they, they were a, a real fine one, a medium fine, and then a bigger one so that if you're rinsing um, sprouts that are uh, bigger growing, you um, can use this... Um, 
bigger mesh screen. So that was helpful to have these three different types of screens. Plus, what you get is a plastic ring, and the ring goes just around the mason jar lid, and or top, rather, and holds the screen in place. So it's very simple, um, very simple, affordable. Now, I believe that was Sprout People, but that was a long time ago. And they I wonder still have if, those. Do they? Yeah, they still. I never bought one of those. Yeah. Because I, um, I don't remember even when I bought a um, jar sprouter that had its screen lid already from Amazon. You I wouldn't do that now, yeah. but that's what I did back then. So I still sure. have it. But sure. yeah, I saw they have that set of, of, of screens. That's very simple and a good way, I think, to, to start doing it. I did have some trouble with sprouting with them with them spoiling in the jar and that may have been more to do with the time of year that I was doing it and just things about my climate because I'm in the south but um still um you know there were things that that when I was doing it that worked out quite well another recommendation is that some of the seed companies um one that comes to mind is pine tree which is in Maine And I think some other ones as well will sell these um, reasonable quantities, but mixes of sprouting seeds. So like you could get um, a mix of brassicas or a mix of garbanzos and lentils and some other things. And so they've put together um, combos of things that you can try. That can be really fun to try um, one of those that appeals to you. Now, Sprout People and, and Sprout House both have mixes. Um, yeah. In fact, I just bought some uh, a brassica mix from Sprout Lady Rita that is, it's got, oh gosh, what's all in there? Kale and um, cabbage. I think there's, I think it's red cabbage and mustard and broccoli and I don't know what all's in there, but uh, I made some of it. It was hot. <laughs> sure, sure, because of the spiciness of the mustard. Yeah, that's that mustard. They yeah, put, put some yeah. serious mustard in there. I know that of the brassicas, broccoli with the sulforaphane is supposed to be like off the charts for nutritional yes. value as a brassica sprout. I mean, they're all excellent, but broccoli is the one that is the standout. I think that so, yeah, I read so, about those. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mary. And um, I think that one of the can't remember the author's name that I was reading last night. And he said it's pretty much true of all the, the brassicas are all this nutrition powerhouses and um, they taste good too. I really kind of had fun with the cabbage. Um, I've been growing um, red or green cabbage. In fact, I bought some red cabbage and some green cabbage. They're both kind of expensive though, uh, because they're, it's not that common. If more people sprouted some of these things, the prices would come down because it wouldn't sure. be as much of a specialty thing. But anyway, the, the cabbage is good. Um, but yeah, broccoli. Um, and I actually like broccoli sprouts. Sprout Lady Rita tells me she doesn't like it by itself. She's kind of bored with it, I think. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just broccoli, you know. But it's and also broccoli as microgreen. It it tastes. It doesn't feel like broccoli. Have the the texture of broccoli, but it definitely tastes like. Um, well, if you can just imagine the little tiny things that come off of a florette. And just eating that, that's pretty much what it's like. But yeah, that's that's great. And, uh, you know, I'm not really, a, I've only been doing this for um, a year and a half or so, um, so far. But that's one of the reasons why I was a little weary of doing jar, because the jars are, um, now 
the that Canadian one, uh, Sprouting.com, I saw that they do have some kind of a stand that you can put your jar on so that it drains better. And yeah, that might be a solution or some some way to keep it um, such that it it can drain. But I think just reading a little about it, you can get a feel too for yes. um, what direction to take. And you know, it's definitely worth a try. You know, for sure. I like sprouting. So Marge, do you have a, Oh, sorry. Marge, do you have a favorite thing that you sprout? I haven't been um, doing it lately, but I, I think I did um, really like any of the brassica sprouts um, when when I was doing it. I, I like the the strong, spicy flavor of that stuff. Yeah, I uh, I got uh, I did some radishes one time, mm. and unfortunately, mm-hmm. I got extremely ill right after the radishes and by the way it had absolutely nothing to do right, with but the radishes. maybe you don't want it's to just have a, radishes it's like an association though uh-huh, it, it, no sure. it was because of it it had to do with uh medication that i was taking that had a bad effect but i blamed the poor radishes and it wasn't their fault <laughs> <laughs> well mary i deborah can i ask a question certainly yeah um, absolutely you know march just brought up a good um, yeah. topic that I wanted to ask you, Mary, does where you live uh, in the country change how your sprouts can do? A little. It. Um, I can't remember what the exact ideal temperature for them is. Um, if it's really hot in your house, that could be an issue because the sprouting process does um, generate heat, you know, so there's energy is lost through, um, you know, and, and comes out as heat. So if it gets too hot, you also, you don't, there used to be this idea out there that you absolutely had to keep them in the absolute darkness. And people were trying to grow them in pantries and cupboards and in the back of cupboards and forgetting about them and having them rot and wondering what was stinking up their house. That's not really necessary, but you do want to keep it in a fairly cool place if possible. Oh. And, um, my husband keeps the house freezing cold, so um, <laughs> um, I never have trouble. In fact, if anything, they might be a little slow because they're cold, Because, um, but it could. So if you don't really have access to air conditioning, one thing that the Sprout people, the, the guys at Gil and Lori at Sprout people say to do about that, if you don't really have a lot of control over the temperature and it's warm, is rinse it more often, rinse it uh don't rinse it every 12 hours, rinse it like every eight and that that should help. So you're going to rinse and drain a little bit more often when it's hot in your house. Hmm. Yeah. And March brought up a good point about humidity too. So I'm wondering if um, the kind of sprouter you use uh, could be a, a choice to think about depending on where you are. Like if you're living in a very humid area, you might want a Sprouter that allows for more air circulation. And that's a question, not a. The easy sprout is, I think it, well, the downside is it's plastic, and a lot of people just don't want to use plastic, and I understand that. But the easy sprout seems to drain better than, um, I think drainage is probably the the most difficult thing about using a regular jar sprouter. And you know, just from what I hear. It doesn't mean it doesn't work, though. It just means that you have to be careful that you really do drain all that water out. What uh, both Sprout Lady Rita and uh, 
Gil and Lori at, at um, Sprout People both emphasize is spend some time with your sprouts when you rinse them. They both say the same to your sprouts when you're rinsing them. But I think what the real important <laughs> thing is that when you drain them, make sure, especially if you're using like a jar sprout or like the easy sprout or like a jar, uh, mason jar, is is spend time making sure that you got all of that water out before you put it back on whatever container it is um, or, you know, whatever you're using to hold it up. Um, so, you know, that's where you need to spend a lot of your time. The Easy Sprout, I bought two of them. They cost me, I think, about 14 bucks a piece or something like that. So they weren't that much. But it's also like uh, I bought them after I had already started because, um, you know, I wanted to make sure I was going to continue doing this before I spent like $30 on two sprouters. Um, you know, so, uh, but it's that's, it doesn't have to be a really expensive hobby. Yeah, that, that's not bad at all. So, uh, Marge, do you have any more questions yeah. or any other information you want to share? I'm guessing did she, Marge did she left us. So, no, no um, she's Mary, still here. She oh, just okay. Yeah, sounds like she's really, really so, good. Really yeah, sounds knowledgeable. like yeah, sounds like she knows what she's talking about, right? Yes, yeah, it does. <laughs> so, well, um, come Mary, on, this being an expert, I'm I'm new. <laughs> well, um, you know, we all we we all learn together, right? So, Sorry, Mary, folks, I, I, I was muted again. Sorry about that. And I'm also listening on ACB radio and my, on my computer, and I was starting to clean oh. some mushrooms. So <laughs> y'all caught me at the start of dinner prep. Yeah. <laughs> You're multitasking. I love Anything else you wanted to add, Marge? Thank you Just for that I think, I think you're right about the the rinsing of the sprouts and getting them really well drained, that that is the key to being successful with it. And, and I think in retrospect, that's probably been, been my issue in, uh, in doing it is just having them be thoroughly drained. So <laughs> it's I'm a good curious, piece of okay. advice. So I'm curious, how did you Thank get you. it to stand up on and without and still drain? That's why I didn't do it. That I think I had some work. way to like <laughs> lean it in a corner yeah. and sort uh -huh. of um, block it from being knocked over. Is I believe what what I did. So I didn't have any kind of a stand. Just keep it. I was able to keep it out of the way so that I wouldn't yeah, bump into it. <laughs> that's cool though, and and um, sounds like you did really good. And if you ever decide you want to do it again. Um, you know, I spend so much time on my outdoor stuff that yeah. I just, you know, it's it's limited, and I do a little fermenting and all, and you know, other stuff. So it's oh, like, do that. how much time do we all have? <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah, do fermenting. Oh, I had a question about fermenting. If you make like sauerkraut or something, how much smell does it create? A little bit while it's fermenting, especially if it's um, summer, even with air conditioning in, in the house, a, a little, but, but um, not that much. I don't, I don't think so. so it doesn't bother me if it does. It. I'm going to try it. Yeah. Look, so look for we'll, we'll, Maybe yeah, we'll we be talking to Marge at a future time. Oh, oh boy. I don't know if I'm an expert on yeah. that. I don't know how many. Yeah. Oh, I'm not look an for, Look for stuff so, online by Sandor Katz, K-A-T-Z. He's he's um he's called Sandor Kraut is his nickname. <laughs> um, he's like 
a genius and has books on it and you can get a lot of just simple directions online you know for, from him for doing a, a you know basic sauerkraut which again is brings in your mason jar sandor kraut all yeah. right well thank you mark thank sure. you very much for calling <laughs> sure and uh, Sheila, do we have any other hands up? No, ma'am, you don't. Nobody's okay. So um, I, I did have a question for you, Mary. A little bit ago, you talked about sprouting uh, sunflower seeds and lentils. Those are pretty big and can be hard seeds. Do you eat the seeds? So, oh, yeah, about, I guess I should talk about beans first and then talk about the sunflower seeds. With the, with the beans, uh, things like sprout, uh, sprout, what am I talking about? Lentils um, and garbanzos. Um, I'm trying to think what other, there's itzuki beans. I haven't ever heard of doing really, really big beans like pintos or, or kidneys or anything like that, but the peas, the um the peas that are the same ones as split peas, but they're not split yet because that would make them not sprout. Uh, ones that are called, I think it's something like marifat, something like that, those kind of peas. Um, those can all be sprouted. Now, they're not going to grow a leaf. Um, mung beans, That well, mung beans are, talk about those in a minute, but those other ones like the lentils and things, they will sprout. They kind of grow kind of a little tail. And, and when I harvest them, it's just when that little tail starts to come up. They are not as hard as when they're dried. In fact, they're not really hard. You can chew them. They're not that, they might be just a tiny, tiny bit chewier than when you cook them, you know, the dried ones in water, but not that much. But you can cook them if you need to, if your stomach has issues with them. Um, if you wanted to grow to sprout something like soybeans, which I have heard of people doing, even though the places I buy seeds don't carry those, but you you would have to cook soybeans because they they're just too big and too hard. But I haven't been cooking my um, garbanzos or the 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 peas, either one of those. Um, they're just not that hard at that point. They're they're. They are before you start putting them in the water, though. They're kind of hard, but then they they soften up somewhat. The um, there's a couple of beans like mung and azuki beans. You can actually grow into a shoot, um, which is I don't know. I think of it as somewhere between sprouting and microgreening. Um, I'm pretty sure that I've always used a. It's more like microgreens because I've used a micro a, a, a micromat for the um, the shoots. And they take, how long did they take? A couple of weeks, I think. You know, so they actually do start to kind of, they grow a shoot that uh, greens up. Once you shoot, you grow a shoot from your pea, mung beans are, you're used to seeing that. You don't really think of those as a bean. They don't look like a bean anymore. But the um, pea shoots, you don't want to eat the the pea anymore. The, the All the nutrition has gone into the shoot and the pea has gotten kind of hard. So you do have to separate them. So I guess they really are more like a microgreen. Mary, I, I, okay. I don't I don't want to interrupt you, but Deborah, you have about four minutes. Oh, oh gosh. Okay. So yeah, we're <laughs> I'm we're, we're coming you're... close to the end here. So yeah, so you so it just depends on on the seed. So again, yeah. probably a good idea to read a little bit before yeah. you 
Uh, okay. Long story short, on the on my uh, other the uh, um, sunflowers is there's probably an easier way to do it, but I wound up pulling off every single shell, <laughs> and they okay. tasted so good that they were worth it. <laughs> they were really good. <laughs> Huh. That would take some time and dedication. Oh, they were good. It it looks like we are coming really close to the end here. And Mary, this has been fascinating and I you have inspired me. I am going to try sprouting. It is so fun. Any any final thoughts you want to leave everybody with? Well, I wish you know, I think that if you have a blind child, that sprouting would be a wonderful project for them because they, you know, and microgreening too, because um, they would be able to see the plants and, and see the processes that plants go through. Um, there, It's all very textural. Um, you could, you know, like um, trying to think of how to say it. I think it's just a wonderful thing for a blind person to say. Now, when I microgreen, one of the reasons why I don't like using soil is that for me as a total, um, I have a little trouble with trying to harvest, you know, snip above and the line. Mary, I'm I'm sorry. sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but we're almost done here with time. Just try so, it and it's fun. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for for joining us today. Thank you. Um if anyone wants to contact me, it's acb.home.garden dot agriculture at gmail.com Sheila thank you thank you thank, thank you, you guys so much for your help with the technical stuff and David thank you for streaming you, for David. us today thank you you are thank very you welcome and next month we will be talking goats it will Ooh. be a great show so I, <laughs> I, I really hope everybody joins us thank you